Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Sermons Podcast. My name is Stuart Cutler, I'm the Minister at St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse, a local ecumenical partnership between the United Reformed Church and the Church of Scotland. This week on the podcast we have a guest preacher, Yvonne Hamilton, led worship on Sunday as I was on holiday. So let's hear what she had to say, but first let's hear this week's reading read by Joyce. It's Luke chapter 5 verses 17 to 26. The reading this morning is from Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. Jesus heals a paralysed man. One day when Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every town in Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. The power of the Lord was present for Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a bed and they tried to take him into the house and put him in front of Jesus. Because of the crowd, however, they could find no way to take him in. So they carried him up on the roof, made an opening in the tiles and let him down on his bed into the middle of the group in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw how much faith they had, he said to the man, Your sins are forgiven, my friend. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees began to say to themselves, Who is this man who speaks such blasphemy? God is the only one who can forgive sins. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Why do you think such things? Is it easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Get up and walk? I will prove to you then that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, pick up your bed and go home. At once the man got up in front of them, took the bed he had been lying on and went home, praising God. They were all completely amazed, full of fear, they praise God, saying, What marvellous things we have seen today. Amen. This morning, we continue with our four forms of love theme. And all I can say is I'm really glad that Stuart got Eros last week and that was out the road. Our focus this week is in the form of love known as philia. It's one of the four ancient Greek words for love. Eros, philia, storge, and agape. Philia originates from the Greek term philos. It's a noun meaning beloved, dear, a friend. And it's often translated as brotherly love or friendship. A reading this morning from Luke's Gospel that Joyce read for us is a well-known reading. And it's a story that most of us are familiar with. It's in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark and John. And if we were asked what it was about... We would probably say Jesus' healing of the paralytic man, or that it was one of many miracles Jesus performed, and we would be right. But I wonder if we would say it's about a true example of friendship, philia, because that's exactly what it shows us. It shows the love and the concern that the man's friends had for him, and the lengths they were prepared to go for him. Jesus was in a house teaching a large group of people. 
Now, when we go inside our houses, we close the door, and nowadays we often lock the door. But back in Bible times, the people opened their doors at sunrise and they closed it again when it got dark. An open door meant that anyone could come into your house at any time. Everyone was welcome. They didn't even have to knock first. So when Jesus began to preach in this house, the doors were open. Anyone could come in, and they did, lots of them, including the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who had come from every town in Galilee and Judea and from Bethlehem. Inside the house was packed, and the crowds were gathered outside too. People were literally stepping over one another to hear what Jesus had to say or to be healed. So when a group of men tried to carry their paralysed friend on a bed into the house in a hope that they could bring him to Jesus' attention for healing, they couldn't get through. They couldn't get through the crowd. Their love and concern was so great that they wanted to find a way to heal their sick friend. They believed in their hearts that if they could just get him near Jesus, he would be healed. Yet here they are, outside the packed house, but with no way of getting in. Now remember, in those times, people believed that if you had an illness or a condition such as paralysis, then it was because of something you or your ancestors had done. It would be seen as a curse. You would be unclean. You wouldn't want to associate with someone like that. Yet these men do. They're not going to personally gain anything from taking Jesus, eh, taking their friend to Jesus. In fact, if anything, they run the risk of being ridiculed or face accusations for associating with someone like that. But despite all this, they stand alongside him and the challenges he faces. They're determined to help him. No obstacle is too great when it comes to helping him. If that had been us, would we have gone to the same lengths? Or would we have said, oh well, we tried our best, but we can always try again the next time Jesus is in town and just went back home? Not these men. They weren't going to give up that easily. They were determined to find a way, and they did, through the roof. Can you imagine the faces of those in the house below? Dust would have been flying everywhere, pieces of the roof falling on top of them. Then as the hole got bigger, seeing this man being lowered from the roof by his friends. If that was to happen here this morning, Bob and Bill would have a meltdown thinking about the repair work and the cost of it. How many of us at some point have said to a friend, if you need anything, I'm here for you. Or if you need anything at all, you just need to ask. Because I know I have. But anything, do we really mean anything? Because the definition of anything means, no matter what, to any degree or extent. So would we really do anything for a friend? You see, I think it's easier to say that we would do anything for our children, our partners, our siblings, our parents. But can we say the same about a friend? In C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Loves, he explores the four types of love in the Bible that I mentioned earlier. He says that philia is a friend bond as close as the bond between siblings in strength and duration. 
He goes on to describe friendship as the least biological, organic, instinctive, gregarious and necessary, the least natural of loves. Lewis explains that true friendships, like the friendship between David and Jonathan in the Bible, are almost a lost art, and that to the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest and most fully human of all loves. In his opinion, he says the modern world in comparison ignores it. Friendship for Lewis was a deeply appreciative love, though one which he felt few people in modern society could value at its worth, because so few actually experienced true friendship. A quick search in Google about what true friendship is, or what the qualities of a good friend are, will throw up many essential traits and tips you should possess. Unconditional love. So a good, a good friend will love you unconditionally. A good friend believes in you, even when you might not believe in yourself. You might even have shared history, similar interests and values. A good friend will forgive your mistakes and keeps your confidences or secrets. But above all, a true friend is always present in times of need. A true friend always has your best interests at heart. But what does the Bible tell us about true friendship? Let's take two examples. The first, the friendship between Ruth and Naomi from the book of Ruth. The second, the friendship between David and Jonathan. In Ruth and Naomi, Ruth says, it says, again they started crying. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye and went home. But Ruth held on to her. So Naomi said to her, Ruth, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her God. Go back with her. But Ruth answered, don't ask me to leave you. Let me go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and that is where I will be buried. May the Lord's worst punishment come upon me if I let anything but death separate me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Loyalty and commitment make relationships lasting and fruitful. After her husband died, Ruth could easily have left her mother-in-law to start a new life and find a new family. But Ruth chose to be loyal to her husband's family, even without him. The Bible says Ruth held on to Naomi. In loyalty and trust, Ruth followed Naomi and committed to stay with her, no matter what. The second example, the story of David and Jonathan, is one, that most, is one of the most known stories in the, of friendship in the Bible and the one that C.S. Lewis mentions. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic, 
and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. God uses our friendships to make us stronger. Sometimes God blesses us with a friend who is really special. Our hearts feel so tied closely to that person. That's how it was with David and Jonathan. Jonathan was King Saul's son. Even though a son would normally be in line to become king, Jonathan knew David was chosen by God to be king after Saul. Jonathan could have been jealous of David, but he trusted God and he loved David. The Bible shows the deep friendship that grew during a difficult time of war and transition. In friendship, we face the world with our friends, standing alongside them, supporting each other, encouraging one another, unwilling to face sacrifices for one another. And we do that by choice. It's not because we are biologically connected to them or in a loving, intimate relationship with them, but it's because we share a strong bond with one another. Friends come and go at different stages of our lives. If we're lucky, we might still have the same friends we had when we were younger. Friends we've grown up with, friends from school. But then there are friends we have made through work, friends we have made through hobbies or interests, friends we've made through our children, friends we've made through church, friends that we've still to meet, and friends that are no longer with us. But how many of those friends would do anything for us? How many would always have our back? How many would go to the lengths that the friends we heard about this morning did? But then the other question is, how far would we go for our friends? Would we do anything for them? The reality is that each and every one of us are capable of being a good friend, a true friend. So what's stopping us? It isn't always easy. Like any relationship, it has its ups and its downs. Sometimes we take friendships for granted. Sometimes obstacles stand in our way, be it emotional or physical ones, like the men faced in our reading. Verse 19 says, Because of the crowd, however, they could find no way to take him in. But they did find a way. Giving up was never an option. They put their friends' needs before their own. They showed true friendship. They showed philia. Now, you saw me give the children one of these earlier, a friendship bracelet. And I gave them it for a different reason, but the reason that I would like to give it to you today and I would encourage you to take one as you leave this morning you don't have to wear it. You can put it in your bag or your pocket. It might remind you of what kind of friend you are and how far you would go to help a friend. Or it might even, you might want to give it to a friend who's gone above and beyond, who supported you and loved you through a difficult time. The choice is yours. 
I really hope that C.S. Lewis isn't right. And I hope that friendship, true friendship, isn't a lost art. And I hope that many of us do experience true and close friendships. I hope that we do experience failure. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. You can leave us a comment at anchor.fm where we record our podcast every week or you can join us on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse or on Twitter at St Ninian's Stonehouse where you can find out all the other great things that happen at our church. If you're in the neighbourhood and would love to join us then we meet every Sunday at 11am for worship. We'd love to see you. Thanks for listening.